welcome to the Daily Boogie. All right, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Thanks for joining us. We've got a big one tonight. We may have to go overtime. Just maybe. Because there's so much craziness in the world. Crazy! Thank you for joining us. So much material floating out there. So we can laugh as the world burns. Hopefully you join us. Wouldn't you like to laugh as the world burns? All right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I'm your host, Boogie Bumper. Thanks so much for joining us. What an absolute pleasure to see you all there. I hope you had a lovely day. I certainly did. And as explained in the ridiculously long introduction, we've got so much to get through. Might have to do a little bit of OT today. A little bit of OT. Put in a couple of extra hours. Unpaid, of course. (laughs) For you, obviously. I'm, I'm getting paid. I'm getting that dirty Soros money. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Mr. Soros. Yes. Much appreciated, sir. <clears throat> pushing democracy and freedom and whatever the hell that we get paid to push. Whatever we say we're pushing anyway. Freedom organization. Yeah, let's call it that. They'll never suspect a thing. So, big show lined up. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks for sharing the show out. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to hook me up with some of that sweet Soros Do-Re-Me, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Lots to get through. Lots to get through. Uh, just a quick comment before we get too far down the track. And we're going to have some fun tonight. <clears throat> Because there's no free-for-all tomorrow, unfortunately. I'm not going to be able to do a free-for-all tomorrow. What I might be able to do tomorrow, people, a couple of people have asked me for short little YouTube clips of different things. So I might be able to make a couple of those because it won't require me speaking on mic live while people are literally slamming sledgehammers into walls in my house. (laughs) That might be something I'm able to do. So we'll just have to see how we go. Come on, Boogie. Everyone knows you are Mossad. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm Mossad. I'm CIA. What am I? Military intelligence. I'm a Soros operative. I'm all of the above. I am the chameleon. Karma chameleon. I come and go. Oh. Yeah. Very entertaining. Very professional stuff. So, <laughs> so hopefully you don't feel too sad. That's why I said I might have to go through, go overtime tonight because we're not doing the ridiculously long show tomorrow so i'm trying to squeeze as much in as i can um first of all a couple of people talking about isaac cappy so i just want to put out there what i think about isaac cappy uh i remember he was on alex jones's show a while ago now alex is a guy who has had people on his show that are way out there in some respects 
Uh, there was that guy, Steele, his name is, who believed that there were child enslavement camps on the moon, right? Or was it Mars? It was either moon or Mars, one or the other. He said the government was building child slave labor camps on Mars, I think. So Alex has a very liberal uh, booking procedure when it comes to guests. And when Isaac Cappy was on Alex Jones's show, even Alex was pushing back on him saying, come on, mate, are you fucking serious? Even Alex thought there was something perhaps a little amiss with this guy. And someone said to me in a conversation earlier today, I've never heard of him. And I said, yeah, most people didn't before he started um, getting drunk on live streams and accusing everyone of being a pedophile. So he kind of just popped up out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, there he was. But this is a guy who had known psychological problems for a long time and known drug abuse problems for a long time. So... I do find the I find the propensity for people to say that his death is either caused by X or promoted by Y or whatever the case may be to be a little fatuous when you consider the guy's history. And yeah, small time player in Hollywood. Here's the thing. If if you now we're not saying that everyone in Hollywood is a great guy, anything like that. I know that there's a lot of shit that goes on in Hollywood. And a lot of people would just like to pull open the drawer, yeah, you know, pull the lever and let the whole thing just flush out into the ocean like so many a San Francisco turd, right? But why would you risk it all by allowing an extra who gets a very low-playing gig <laughs> on a movie like Thor... Like, he's not a big star. He's not one of the big guys. So why would you allow somebody into that world if they are really, really, really low down the totem pole? Doesn't really make much sense to me. If you were protect, if there was this big, if there was, and I'm not saying there is or there isn't, but if it was true and there is a big cabal of people doing all of these horrible things, why would you let a guy who's clearly unhinged like Isaac Cappy into that world? Why would you do that? So, I always found it a little suspect. And like I said, people using the death to explain either X or confirm Y, I find it a little fatuous considering the guy, his brain was probably more like a piece of Swiss cheese by the end of his life than a working functioning organ considering the amount of narcotics that he had sent through it and he obviously had a lot of emotional problems and people saying yeah yeah you know good guy bad guy well he wrote a little suicide note it wasn't a suicide note but kind of an explanation and he was going through all of his emotional problems and stuff and he said himself I'm not a good guy I'm a bad guy I've done terrible things so make of it what you will. <clears throat> but the reality is, um, you know, people, people abuse drugs and commit suicide every day. And sometimes more people know the people that do and sometimes the people that do are unknown. But I don't necessarily think that it means that 
he was on the cusp of unearthing some either some great conspiracy or the target of some big group seeking to maintain it. Either way, take it or leave it. So let's get into it here. Like I said, big show planned. Hopefully pour yourself a drink, make yourself a snack. Sit back, relax and enjoy. We've got so much to get through. Um, and I've been very, very slack here in setting up my little screen. So let me just go ahead and do that. One. And two. Okay. All right. Anybody who spent any time on the cesspool, the disgusting cesspool called Twitter will have come across, if you engage in any kind of political discussion on Twitter, you would have come across a couple of guys known as the Resistance Brothers, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very brave people indeed. It is their job to, whenever possible, insert themselves into any kind of conversation on Twitter and just maniacally, shallowly repeat and spew Democrat Party talking points and bad autistic cheerleader slogans at anybody who dare suggest that they're barking up the wrong tree. Yes, the crap and science Piper Ohio. So. <laughs> so they've found themselves in a little bit of hot water this week. Saw this story published a few days ago. Twitter reinstates user who made viral videos retweeted by Trump, Krasenstein's implicated. I love the use of the word implicated, although as, as though it's like a big important crime, you know, like Dick Tracy stuff. The Krasensteins have been implicated in this Twitter plot. <laughs> Just, I, I enjoy Twitter, but I've never been like a big Twitter engagement kind of person. So I have a, I've had a Twitter account for like nine years, but it's, it's got a very small following because I don't really do the hashtags. I don't do the trains. If I think of something that I want to tweet out, I tweet it out. And that's about as, that's about as much as strategy goes into my Twitter account. You know what I mean? And I have fun from time to time laughing at people and stuff, but do you ever get the feeling that we're putting way too much attention on Twitter to begin with? Like Twitter isn't everything. And I know it's more powerful than it probably should be, especially when you get into these fake outrage campaigns, which are then presented to politicians as though it's evidence of some kind of consensus of belief among voters. And people will write articles down. They'll go, Long John 44 was really angry at the Krasensteins or... Busy B33 said, I will never shop at Chick-fil-A ever again. And they're like, look at all of this Twitter outrage. This is obviously very important. But nine times out of ten, it's not. And nobody gives a fuck outside of the little people who circle around on Twitter. Right? But I thought this was funny. The popular Twitter account of Carpe Donctum was reinstated today after Twitter suspended it, apparently at the behest of Brian and Ed Krasenstein. It was originally reported by Big League Politics and other media outlets that Carpe Donctum was suspended for 12 hours for posting a tweet that read, Build the wall. It's incredibly racist of him. Racist, intolerant, all of the above. And including a viral video he made earlier this year depicting President Donald J. Trump and several prominent media outlets in a Western shootout scene. Later reports revealed the Krasenstein brothers may have directed their Twitter followers to report the video and tweet leading to the suspension. Oh dear. Oh dear. 
I've I've never reported anybody on Twitter. If it was Boogie Bumper running Twitter, there would be no report button. Like that's how bad it would be, and it would probably descend into an anarchic, bloodthirsty road warrior type situation, confined within 140 characters. But I'd be like, yes, yeah, fuck it. You know, be like the evil maniacal person sitting atop of the throne watching everybody disembowel each other on the battlefield. I'm like, <laughs> fuck them. But my theory has always been if you just let everything go, then eventually the cream will rise to the top and all of the shit will just uh, sit on the bottom like the dregs in a beer keg. You know what I mean? Eventually the, the, the good stuff will come to the fore. And once we once we engage in this activity of going around reporting people and oh take him down fuck him oh, I hate him take him down report this guy I've just I've never been involved in that kind of behaviour. I understand why people do because people get angry like hey they took one of ours so let's take one of theirs. But as you know, if you follow that logic to the end, you are creating a scenario where you yourself can only become the victim. Let karma unfold. What kind of coffee am I drinking? I am drinking a a packaged caramel latte with powdered milk. That's <laughs> very expensive stuff. Hmm. It's the kind of shit you get in a truck stop out in the middle of the desert somewhere. And you're only drinking it to stay awake for the next two hours before you can get to your next stop. And you hope to Christ that you don't end up in somebody's trunk being driven out to a, a wooded area somewhere to dig your own grave. After being raped, of course. Later reports revealed the Krasenstein brothers may have directed their followers to report the video and tweet leading to the suspension. Carpe Donctum at one point confirmed that Twitter required him to delete the tweet before he would be allowed to return to the platform. Just denounce. Denounce. Here. Kiss. Kiss the emblem on my sash. Announce your loyalty to the king and you will be allowed to live. It's really not that difficult. There's no need to be a hero here. Just kiss the ring and you will be allowed to return to become an active member of society once again. Just kiss the ring. That's all you have to do and the pain will stop. Denounce your own speech and you may return to your memory. Of course, until the next time when they want to ban you again. So in light of this, a uh, member on the Discord and... Uh, Show, uh, show supporter Pinochet he drew my attention to this video which I otherwise would not have seen and I just had to show you in case you haven't seen it yet I laughed and laughed and laughed uh, it's made by a guy named John Ward so give him a sub give him a sub this is in light of the Krasenstein's targeted harassment campaign so check it out I think you'll enjoy it Sometimes I think I'm talking to myself during these podcasts, Brian. But then I realize your voice is so much more whinier and so much more squeaky than mine is. Paying homage to the Crescent State. Dear Ed, I fucking miss you. 
talent that some people have like they say like actors the hardest thing for an actor to do is act like a bad actor do you know what i mean to pretend to be somebody who can't act because it goes against all of their training they spend years and years and years and years and years and decades trying to be really really good actors and then they get a script where they have to act like a bad actor it would be like trying to fly a helicopter upside down like all of the controls are reversed you know what i mean <laughs> so the guy who made this video he's he's amazingly and in a genius fashion walk the line like it's bad but it's good bad do you know what i mean <laughs> like the singing and everything the music it's bad but it's intentionally bad so it's good if that makes any sense whatsoever <laughs> please hold me Lonely, please notice me. Please bend me over your knee. I need your tad pose in my crass hole, dear. go to the channel and and watch it and give the guy a view and give the guy a thumbs up <laughs> sensational stuff there you go that's what happens that's what happens when you engage in this tomfoolery this reporting stuff 
I think I think it's a Game of Thrones line. I've never watched it, but people say uh, he who he who passes the verdict should swing the sword. But I always thought uh, he who swings the sword will eventually find himself at the at the sharp end. Report this guy. Get rid of him. Fuck him off. What are you reporting me for? I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you reporting me? I just want everybody else to get reported. You're not supposed to report me. That's not fair. The channel name is uh, John Ward. John Ward. I'll put a link in the show notes on the podcast website, uh, boogiebumper.podbean.com. If you listen to the podcast, so you'll be able to get it there. In other news, ladies and gentlemen, in other news, yes, I'll actually, yeah, I'll put the link in the, because I can't put a link in the YouTube, but I can put a link in, uh, sorry, I can't put a link in the Periscope, so I'll quickly link it up for the YouTube audience. How's that? How's that? One of the advantages of watching on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, the chat works and you can get some links. There you go. Alrighty. So this also happened, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those evil Republicans are not allowing us to kill our babies anymore. This is an utter disgrace. Those evil fascist Bible bashing bastards. Breaking news. Good evening, I'm John Dickerson. We begin with breaking news from Alabama, where Governor Kay Ivey has just signed the most restrictive abortion law in the country. It outlaws virtually all abortions. Doctors who Uh. perform them could face up to 99 years in prison. (laughs) Alabama is not alone in pursuing tough new laws. Six states have passed bills that ban abortions after six weeks. 11 have introduced similar bans this year. Mm -hmm. All are aimed at forcing a Supreme Court showdown. Here's Jerika Duncan. Okay. It's an issue that is very difficult. Alabama's Republican Governor Kay Ivey tweeted out this photo of her signing the controversial abortion bill that does not include exceptions for rape or incest. Mm -hmm. She hinted she would sign the bill a few hours earlier. All human life is precious. Where's the money coming from to support people who aren't ready to be mothers or aren't financially stable to... Oh, now, now we care where the money's coming from. When when the money's being funneled into, you know, shoveling people into Planned Parenthood, it's like, how, how dare you suggest an audit? How dare you ask where the money comes from? Have a heart. Have some empathy, you disgusting Bible-bashing Christian scum. Doesn't matter where the money's coming from. Money is no object. What we need to do is to provide the correct emotional and medical support to women in need. The money isn't important. Now, all of a sudden, well, where, where, who's paying for this? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I, I annoyed um, people who watched this channel a while ago. Do you remember when New York passed that, their abortion bill, right? See, this is the beauty of the American system as it appears to me as an outsider looking in. That being it's founded on the principle of competitive federalism, right? States' rights. And people were really upset when New York passed their bill, which is basically a mirror reverse. It's like the bizarro land of this, that all abortion is okay, even like right up till the end kind of thing. So we're going to the two extremes here. But I said, you know, the the beautiful part about this is if you live in New York and you don't like this bill, you can leave. You can move somewhere else. You can live in another state. 
And if you want to live in a state where the abortion laws better reflect your personal views and your ideas about what should be right and wrong and what's moral and immoral, you can pack up and leave. That's the beauty of it. And if enough people start packing up and leaving, then these states who pass all of these crazy bullshit laws, then they'll have to adjust or they'll be voted out. So I was fine with that. And it's like, yes, and if if all the people who want these particular laws, they can all move in. They can move to places like New York. They can move to California. Isn't that beautiful? What a, what a tremendous system. You don't have to live there. You don't have to live under these laws if you don't want to. So being consistent with that, now it's Alabama's turn. Guess what? Progressives, if you don't like this abortion law, you can fuck off. You can leave. You can move. You can go somewhere else. If you want to live in a state that allows abortion right up until the baby's fifth birthday, then you can fucking do it today. Yay! You can pack up all of your shit right now, put it in a U-Haul, and get the hell out of Dodge today. Nobody's keeping you there. Nobody's got a gun to your head. Right? Isn't Isn't it fantastic? Freedom wins. Freedom wins. So if it's good enough for the people of New York, remember the New York mayor coming out and saying, well, if you don't agree with this, you can fuck off. We don't want you here. But apparently the people of Alabama, they, they're not allowed to say that. They have to cater to the, to the wackos. The people of Alabama have to, have to explain themselves like they're criminals. Oh, well, you know, it's very complicated. Uh, yeah, it's, well, yeah. Where's the money coming from? How dare you? Do you think you have a right to tell women what to do with their bodies? It's like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> we just passed a law, bitch. <laughs> now what are you going to do? Why don't you pack up all your shit and move to New York? If that's what you want, there it is. There it is. Bye-bye. Enjoy. Happy days. See you later. It's the beauty of the American system. I don't understand the furor take care of a child. You simply cannot uh, defer protecting lives of unborn children because of cost. And House Bill 314 passes. Supporters voted in favor of the bill, hoping it will eventually reach the Supreme Court and help overturn Roe v. Wade. CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleeman. When you have some 20-odd cases on their way to the Supreme Court, Mm. the chances are solid that one or more will be before the high court within a short period of time, meaning within about a year. The Alabama bill has reignited the debate over abortion, many posting personal stories today using the hashtag, you know me. Humble view. Conservative televangelist Pat Robertson <laughs> called the proposed law the extreme. Uh. I think this one will lose. ACLU of Alabama Executive Director Randall Marshall says Not he's already won a fight against the state on abortion restrictions in 2016. We are preparing a, a legal challenge. Uh, Good for you. On what grounds? It violates the Constitution. It oh. interferes and is an unreasonable restriction on a woman's right to determine uh, what she should do with her own body. Right. Well, again, if it's okay for the people of New York to pass what some may view as crazy, insane, ridiculous laws and then turn around to the people who don't like those laws and give them the big middle finger and say, if you don't like it, get the hell out of our state, it doesn't belong to you, then I would suspect the same applies to the good people of Alabama. 
They can pass whatever laws they want, and if you don't like it, you don't have to be there. And I think it's tremendous. The people, the freedom people have to move across state line, state lines and live under jurisdictions which best reflect their own personal views. No papers, right? No restrictions. Pack up and get the hell out. I think it's wonderful. Here's what some female senators had to say on the floor of the Alabama Senate. This bill is not about pro-life or the right to life. This bill is about control. Ah. People are going to have abortion. The problem is it's going to always be unsafe, inaccessible for those people who have lesser means. The problem, people are always going to shoot people. The problem is it's going to be unsafe for people who have lesser means. Everybody should have access to a firearm as young as possible. In fact, not giving everybody access to a firearm as young as possible when they absolutely need it is against the Constitution. This is an extreme law. You know, kids are going to do drugs whether we like it or not. The main thing is here, it needs to be safe. So what we should do is hand everybody a syringe and a spoon and a nice little bag. The government should pay for this. I mean, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Right? We need, to, we need to give safe access to drugs and firearms and abortions. What's the difference? We all know about the back alleys, yes. the basements. Yes. People will try go, going online now. How you can... People will try going online to get an abortion? <laughs> How to remove baby into Google. Just, just back up to the disk drive. Okay. <coughs> Wait here. I'm supposed to do something with this mouse. I'm not sure. Mix a concoction to have an abortion. Ah. But why you all want to control our bodies? <laughs> I will never, ever know. Right. You know, you all are- Aren't these the same people who want to uh, put restrictions on how much sugar people should have, how much salt you can have in a restaurant, uh, the content of various foods like MSG, for example? Aren't these the exact same people? Why are you trying to control what I want to do with my body? Why do you get to decide how much sugar I intake? Why is that fair? Right? What's the difference? See, the argument, they say that the argument is about control and you want to control people's bodies, but it's not. Because they believe in controlling people's bodies too. The argument is about how much control they want to allow people to have over the bodies of other people. Here's another question for you. If we believe in taxpayer-funded healthcare, right? This is a question for the liberals out there. If you believe in free healthcare, i.e. the government via the taxpayer is now paying for your health expenses, would the government at that point then have a right to tell you what you can and can't do with your body considering that they're paying for it? The government has no right to tell me what I do with my body. The government has has a necessity to pay for what I do to my body. It doesn't really work that way, does it? Why would the government not be allowed to tell you what to do with your body if they are the one footing the bill? You see? You can always get what you want. Always trying to put the laws on us. 
Mm. I want you all to vote for this one so we can have some equality, equality. about this thing. Okay? Male abortions. <laughs> Mr. President, I offer this amendment. All right, Secretary Reed received the amendment. long roll call vote. I saved the best for last. Uh oh. Amendment to House Bill 314 by Senator Figures. On page 8, after line 15, insert the following new subsections C and D. C, a man who has a vasectomy shall be guilty of a Class A felony. <laughs> D, a man who attempts to have a vasectomy shall be guilty of a Class C felony. Urge you to vote no, members. Using, <laughs> using the, the long... Uh, it's just the same as a vasectomy, you see. It's just the same. It's the exact same. By the way, these are the people who are in favor of allowing parents to pump their children full of hormones if they identify as transgender as well, right? Why are you trying to control what people can do with their bodies? You don't have a right to tell a five-year-old that they're not a girl when they say they are. You don't have a right to deny that five-year-old boy hormone replacement therapy and potential genital mutilation. You don't have a right to do that. Why are you trying to control what people do with their bodies? <laughs> Just before, I do want to touch on that because I found a little video uh, inside the school for transgender children which I haven't watched yet, but I thought it must be enlightening because we have schools for gifted children. We have schools for children who are gifted at sports and academic pursuits. And now we have a school for transgender children. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have a little look-see at that. Just before we do, though, here's another story for you, which I thought was very funny the way it was presented. Have you guys heard of this uh, YouTube sensation, apparently? A girl named Soph. A couple of people have gotten in touch with me and said, have you seen Soph? Have you seen Soph? Well, now I have. And as reported in my favorite trashy tabloid in the United Kingdom, a free paper that you'll often find being draped over the crotch or face of homeless people riding the tube in London. Foul-mouthed right, far-right teenager, 14, vows to continue to being, being offensive. A 14-year-old girl known only as Soph has vowed to continue making offensive videos after being labelled the world's most un-PC teenager. The schoolgirl from San Francisco, US, has been slammed for mocking Muslims while wearing a shador to address her near 1 million YouTube followers. In one video highlighted by BuzzFeed called Be Not Afraid, the girl sarcastically talks about being a devout follower of the Prophet Muhammad before saying she gets raped by my 40-year-old husband every so often. Isn't it funny, though? Protect the children, protect the children, protect the children. I believe the children are future. We absolutely... Won't somebody please think of the children? We need to do everything we possibly can to protect the children. The children are our resources. The children are our lifeblood. Those evil conservatives don't care about the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? Until the children say things we don't like. Then it's like BuzzFeed, hit piece. Fuck this foul-mouthed little chick. <laughs> she needs to be ripped off the internet. Let's print her name. Let's show her videos. Let's call her a far-right Nazi bigot who hates Muslims. There she is. That's the one. Get her. Chase her into the cornfield. <laughs> A, buzz, a BuzzFeed hit piece on a 14-year-old. She's just a little girl, but she's just a little girl. Why are you so afraid of a little girl? What happened to the children? We are exactly, Circa. We are the world. Later, she speaks about another American YouTube 
YouTuber, ContraPoints, created by Natalie Wynn, who combines humour and drag to create educational videos about politics, gender, race and philosophy. Soph says, keep crying about how scared you are. We are being weaponized for the upcoming crusades. What are you going to do? Make me watch ContraPoints? <laughs> Here's an example of the young lady. Let me put it in blunt terms for you. There's no such thing as the social responsibility of entertainers, you fuckwit. For decades now, kids have been getting taught left to shit in public schools and none of you bat an eye. But someone put some videos up on YouTube without any pretense and suddenly they're brainwashing people. You could beg me kicking and screaming to stop disseminating the ideas I believe in and it wouldn't make a fucking difference. Not only am I inoculated to that bullshit. The foul, the foul mouth teenager. Oh, oh. Oh, people fainting. Oh, how awful. But you know, if there was a 14-year-old doing the exact same shtick, and I think she's obviously getting help with the writing aspect of this routine, don't get me wrong. But if there was a 14-year-old doing the exact same shtick where it was like, fuck Donald Trump, he's a fucking Nazi fuckwit, you know, blah, 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 then it wouldn't be a BuzzFeed hit piece. It would be, Viral YouTube sensation takes the world by storm by speaking truth about Donald Trump, right? These fucking white men and their privilege, they need to get fucked. And they'd all be going, oh, this this 14-year-old chick isn't afraid to tell you what she thinks. She's brave, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? You just, you know it. But because she's going the opposite way, oh, it's awful. This foul-mouthed little girl. Somebody needs to wash her mouth out with soap. Oh! <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of Gen Z is too. Millennials grew up with MTV and nowadays they watch Colbert. We, on the other hand, grew up with the internet. So we have no centralized source of information that controls what we think. And we filter out the truth for ourselves. Yes, which is why we need to regulate the internet immediately. <laughs> As we've discussed in many previous podcasts over the last few weeks. Uh, regulated, caught in the net was another one. There's a whole bunch of them where we where we touched on internet regulation and how it's flying in, how it's how it's coming. It's it's the new blue wave, ladies and gentlemen. The video was banned for violating YouTube's policy on hate speech within a day of the BuzzFeed article. Writer Joseph Bernstein accused YouTube of allowing children to express extreme views in front of the entire world. He said, this is what indoctrination looks like when it's reflected back by the indoctrinated. YouTube was slammed earlier this year for allowing far-right activist Tommy Robinson to continue publishing his videos on its site while Twitter, Instagram and Facebook had him permanently removed. The site defended its decision in March, arguing Robinson's content on its site was fundamentally different from posts on his other social media accounts and found to have broken the rules on hate speech. Soph's videos intended to be comedic have been accused of racism and homophobia. But according to YouTube, Soph's channel has been reviewed, and while two videos were removed, the company found the vast majority of her videos did not violate her policy, their policies. BuzzFeed accused the teenager of writing scripts with a collaborator on themes of hatred towards Muslims, anti-black racism, Byzantine fear-mongering about pedophilia, and reflexive reflexive misanthropy that could have been copied and pasted from a thousand different 4chan posts. You absolutely must not. These are the sacred cows. Don't, I, don't you think, isn't it wonderful that children are expressing themselves on the internet? No, it's awful. Oh, 
She's a foul-mouthed little girl saying mean things on the internet. Imagine being this Joseph Bernstein guy saying this child is expressing extreme views in front of the entire world. This is what indoctrination looks like. You have to remind Joseph, it's a, it's a little girl, mate. The thing I like to consider is if the people who believe in deplatforming and accusing everyone of far-right bigotry and they don't believe in free speech because they're not liberals, they're something else entirely, but if they genuinely believe that their ideas and their philosophies and their ideology is impregnable and infallible and cannot be destroyed because it's just so right, right? It's just so morally correct. It's factually correct. It's logically correct. Why are you afraid of what a 14-year-old girl says on YouTube? How can it be that the views of a 14-year-old girl is enough to bring your entire castle that you've constructed around yourself crashing to the ground? How is that possible? You cannot be both strong and weak at the same time. Our ideas will live on into the future forevermore, unchallenged because they are morally correct. By the way, anybody who says otherwise needs to be banned because that might change everything. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense to me. Just before we get to our next topic, this was sent through by Sir Cal B on the Discord, ladies and gentlemen. The evil, Nazi, racist, oppressive, homophobic bigot Donald Trump talking about the Green New Deal. Under the Green New Deal, they don't like clean, beautiful, natural gas. They don't like anything. They don't know what they like. They sort of like wind, even though it kills all the birds. <laughs> you want to see a bird cemetery? Go under a windmill sometime. <laughs> uh, there's something about political speeches that are just more truthful when you've got a whole bunch of guys wearing high-vis and hard hats standing behind you, isn't there? Oh, this man's in, this man really loves the workers. I mean, look at them all. <laughs> They're getting a day off work to be there. It's fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Got this video for you. Inside the school for transgender children, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look. Let's have a little look-see. BBC. Uh, speaking of children expressing extreme views on the internet... Remember, we don't want children expressing extreme views on the internet. Children need to be protected from extreme views on the internet, whether it be questioning mass migration or questioning one's own gender. No, wait, no, 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 don't be boogie, please. Don't be a bigot, bro. Got to be more tolerant, bro. No. If a five-year-old is questioning their gender and considering taking hormone therapy and removing their genitals before their brain has fully formed, that's not dangerous. That's not extreme. This is progress, comrade. This is progress. This is to be celebrated. When a 14-year-old girl questions mass migration, this is dangerous. This is extremism. This needs to be removed. This is Amaranta School. It's the world's first school created for transgender pupils. Gender is not so static like we think, like you are a boy or a girl. I think the kids go one to another. They are more free than us. They're more free than us. We as a parent or grown-up people 
we want to tell you where, where you are. A kid, you're a kid, right? But boy or girl, tell me. Sometimes the, the, the children doesn't know. They just... Um... This, this might, I don't know, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree here. Maybe I'm way off track. But isn't it the job of the parents and the older generation to answer those questions and to tell the child what their role is in life when they're a child? Oh, no, my little Billy, he's such a free spirit. I just let him roam around and do whatever he wants and, and believe whatever he believes. I mean, boy, girl, he's more free than me. It would be wrong of me to you know, impart on him such understandings and wisdom that's passed down through generations such as you're a boy or you're a girl. That's wrong. That's oppressive. That's wrong. That's your fucking job. That is your job as a parent. Oh, you know, they don't know. They're confused. It's a chaotic time for a child. Yes, that's why you're supposed to step in and unconfuse them and say, no, Billy, no, 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 you're not a girl. Sally's a girl. You're a boy. Ah, oh, okay. Thanks, Mum. Can I go play go-karts now? Yes! Yes, you can. Yes. No, Sally, you're not a boy. You're a girl. You're a girl, not a boy. Oh. <laughs> Comment in the chat. I think it's called parenting. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's wrong. That's wrong now. That's actually, that's perpetuating a bigoted uh, system of violence now. I hope you understand. Now you're supposed to let your child roam around like 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 a, a wild animal, basically. Free in the woods to be trained by the bears and the lions to, you know, make their own sense of the world around them. It's incredibly bigoted and, you know, phobic on many levels of you as a parent to tell or teach your child anything other than they can do whatever they like. Everything else is wrong. Everything else is wrong. They just want to play. They just want to grow up. They just want to be happy. They just, they just want to play. They just want to be happy. Yes, we know. Free range children. Exactly. <laughs> Donald Trump wants to lock children in cages where they produce far less eggs. They want free-range children. They just want to play. They just want to be happy. But any parent I know understands that they can't just play all the time and it's the parent's job to prepare. It's it's the parent's job, in my opinion, to prepare the child for later life. Right? It's your job to impart on them slowly over time and gradually building things like responsibility, Things like, you know, identity and stuff and nurture it. Not to just let them roam wild like a rabid dog in the woods. It's it's utterly insane to me. And the other thing too is these people like to preach about responsibility. We as a society, as a society, we have a responsibility to these children, right? How how often have you heard that? As a society, we have a responsibility to these children to keep these children safe, to let these children know that they can be whatever they want to be. It's society's responsibility. How about your fucking responsibility as a parent? When does that kick in? Where's your responsibility in all this? Why is it society's fault when something goes wrong and society's responsibility to fix it? How about your parental responsibility? You are the one that birthed this free spirit in the first place.
So to, today, children, uh, after we learn about gender identity, then after lunch, we are, we are going to do drumming. And then after that, we're going to watch an instructional video about how to tape your breast to your chest and tuck your penis between your legs. There are 38 pupils in Amorite. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Megan Mohan, she might be incredibly talented. She might be a fantastic journalist. I'm not saying otherwise, but it's just funny to me how this these ideas spawn new careers. Do you know what I mean? So this lady, who might be a lovely woman, don't get me wrong, she works for the BBC as the official gender and identity reporter. Must must be a fucking busy day. She must have a pile of paperwork going up to the roof on her desk as the gender and identity reporter at the BBC. We need we need a whole floor of gender and identity reporters at the BBC to cover all of this shit. <laughs> where's, where's my goddamn gender reporter? Get her in here right now. Have you been out to that school yet? What the hell are you waiting for? We've got children out here questioning their gender every single day. You need to be out on the streets. Come on. We need a team. 22 to 23 identify as trans. The remainder identify as sick. And they are generally the friends and family of the trans children. Hi. Hi. They've done a number of these studies on transgender children. Mm -hmm. And in those studies, um, they say that a lot of the time, the majority of the time, gender identity of what children feel in... Um, pre-puberty or during puberty might not be what they feel <laughs> in 10, 20 years. Yeah. Time. Yep. Well, we don't really care about that. He <laughs> right? Right? The science, remember, they call you, a, they'll call you a science denier if you don't go along with this stuff. You know, they've done studies and they've shown that children who believe that they're a certain gender at a certain age, their brains haven't fully developed yet. And, you know, they, they that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to believe these things later on in life. We don't really care about that. We don't care about that because people are shoveling money into us to teach their transgender children transgender things. We don't, we don't care about science. We don't care what if it's good for them or not. Hey, I'm getting paid here. That Honda Civic out in the car park, that's not going to pay itself off, you know. We don't really care about that. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's the audacity of it all. What, what about, you know, what about, do you see any potential problem with teaching five-year-olds that uh, they are neither a girl nor a boy and exist in a fluid, ambiguous universe where nothing really matters and there are no structures and there are no boundaries because you just want to let them play all the time and be free and, and think whatever they want? I mean, what, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the line with hormone replacement therapy and whatnot, uh, do you think that there could be any potential downsides to this? Nah, we don't care about that. We don't care about that. It's our job to just bring the children in to give them a safe space to run around and be whatever they want to be and get paid to do it. It's an industry now. 
It's an industry. How many people saw this? This guy, Adam Conover, uh, he has a YouTube channel where he likes to, he likes to, uh, you know, he likes to own conservatives, basically. He debunks conservative arguments and stuff. And he was on Joe Rogan talking about this very topic, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Now, everybody knows Joe Rogan, right? Probably the biggest podcast out there. Whether you like him or dislike him, it's probably irrelevant to this. But just on that point, here's a guy, um, Joe Rogan, who's probably a liberal when it's all said and done. And this is another example of we're getting to that stage. These people are not liberals. We are not dealing with liberals here. And middle of the road Democrats, people who are like on the center left, their party, their ideology is being hijacked and dragged. And they're being dragged, kicking and screaming along with it. And a lot of people are going, well, you know, I vote for the left. I vote for the Democrats, but I don't vote for that. I don't want that in my life, right? So here's Joe Rogan speaking with this guy, Adam, who likes to own conservatives on issues like transgender. Check it out. Because I don't want to speak to suicide rates. My, uh, my entire concern is with children. My con- concern is not with young adults deciding to take steps to confirm their gender identity, who they feel they really are. I'm all for you doing whatever you want to do when you're right. an adult, when your mind is formed. But people change their mind. They change their opinion. They change their thoughts. There's nothing wrong with just deciding to be a gay man. There's nothing wrong with your body, uh, you know, as you grow and mature and develop, you growing out of these ideas. Some will and some won't. And the ones who won't, they always have the option to do something later on in life. But if you do something to hormonally block a child very, very early on, there's no turning back from that. Well, let me say, let me say a few things to that. First of all, it's not wrong to be concerned about children. And there's a reason this is the most intense part of this conversation. And I think it's Correct. Right. Because we're all very concerned about children. Right. But I do want to say, first of all, I I don't think it's correct that trans people, if they don't receive hormones from from a young age, they simply become gay men. Because I know it happens very often. I I, I know trans people. See if you can find that because it was a big article that was written about that recently where they were talking about whether or not gender confirmation surgery and hormone blockers on young children is ethical because of this fact. And this was what they were talking about where people at one point in time wanted to be trans and they listed several famous examples and then as they became older just decided to be gay, including... There's actually a lot of literature about um, people who go through surgeries to switch genders and there's there's whole websites dedicated and it's heartbreaking stuff to read. People who have regret after they've done it. Like, what the hell am I doing? What the hell have I done to myself, right? But those stories never seem to make it onto the BBC. I mean, the stories that are celebrating transgender schools where they, li- where the person who runs the school literally comes out and says on TV, we don't care about the studies. Well, a lot of studies show that children don't really know what they want and this can be harmful 15, 20 years from now. We don't care about that. Why is that allowed to just sail through? Why is that allowed to stand? Why is that allowed to be? Imagine if somebody was running a school and say this school was pushing, say, far-right ideology. It was in training the, the students with far-right ideology. And somebody came in and gave an interview and they said, well, you know, studies have shown that if you, if you manipulate children in this certain way, then it's going to cause negative effects for them 15, 20 years from now. 
And then the person running the school came back and said, we don't care about that. We don't care about that. Could you imagine the furor? Oh my God, shut it down. The, the Krasensteins would be in there. Everybody would be there. This needs to stop. This is disgusting. I mean, we just read the story about the 14-year-old girl who makes YouTube videos. BuzzFeed needs to do hit pieces on 14-year-old girls who do videos about mass migration because it's extreme, it's wrong, how dare you, this is dangerous to the world, children are going to watch this and have the wrong idea, etc, etc, etc. But on the BBC, don't you think it's a little risky, this old gender stuff, when we have studies that show that it could be the wrong thing, you know, down the track? No, we don't care. We don't care about that. Yay! Yeah, they're so brave. They don't. They don't even care about the studies. They don't even care about the science, aren't they? This it's inspirational, isn't it? This is progress, ladies and gentlemen. Women who wanted to be men who just became gay women. And I think, what's that girl's name that was in John Wick? Ruby Rose. <laughs> she was one of those. She wanted well, so to look, be trans when she was younger, and now she's just a gay woman. So look, I I, I know I know quite a few uh, trans folks, right? Mm -hmm. um, and. I have to be honest. No. Listen, listen, listen. You can have all the facts you want, but I know some trans folks, therefore I know better than you. It's, it's like when they accuse you of being a racist and you say, I have black friends. And they go, oh, I have black friends. Just because you have black friends doesn't mean you know more about race than I do. <laughs> One of the ones that I know were, I don't know any trans women personally who were gay men up until they transitioned, right? Um, I know quite a few trans women who were straight men Right. Um, or who, you know, lived their lives as presented as straight men. Right. Mm -hmm. And then transitioned. Right. Um, as and for often become lesbians. Uh, very odd. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's one of the ways yeah. that people can be. I, I really recommend that. Um, oh, the, the other thing I was going to say is that What's I that? do know also among the trans folks that I know are the trans people who speak about this that I've heard. So many of them say. I wish I had access. I knew this about myself at a very young age, and mm -hmm. I wish to God that I had that we had I had had the ability to receive you know these hormones at a young age. My life would be so much better. And I, I'm not going to argue with those folks. You know, I wouldn't argue with those and, folks either. But you have to address the fact that there are people that have gone through transition surgery and said, "I wish to God that I never did this." There's uh, a lot of those people too. So if you're looking for anecdotal evidence and you want to be objective, you kind of have to. Look I'm at sure both we sides can. I'm sure we can find the anecdotes. Um, <laughs> I'm very curious, and this is what I. Go. My anecdotal evidence is more important than your anecdotal evidence, Joe. Consult my friend uh, or my recent interview subject, Brent Tannehill's uh, work on this to see how many uh, see how many are in each group, right? And I'm going to go back and talk to my friend about it to prove that I'm right. Which 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 sets of these folks are the outliers? I think the folks that you're talking about are probably the outliers, but I can't, you know, uh, confirm that. All uh, surgeries have potential costs. However, according to a Swedish study of three, all of the medical science here is all of here's all the science about it. And so at this point in the conversation, I would say, like, hey, man, I just got to bone up on. <laughs> I know that that doesn't affect the suicide rate. The suicide rate for trans people is very high, post-op and pre-op. They are. If they think that they're a girl, why yeah, yeah. do you have to give them hormones to make them? This is a bit It's a choice on the, on the part of the... And, yeah, that's a very young age, consistently. Here like said, I am a girl. Like, and has never contradicted themselves, never changed their mind. And so the humane thing and the... Remember, ladies and gentlemen, from the mouth of the people that run the transgender school, this is what we're getting at here. Number of these studies on transgender children, and in those studies, um, they say that 
a lot of the time, the majority of the time, gender identity of what children feel in um, pre-puberty or during puberty might not be what they feel <laughs> in 10, 20 years' time. Well, we don't really care about that here. <laughs> we don't care about that here. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. We couldn't care less. We don't care what the children feel. This school is all about nurturing children's feelings, but ultimately we don't care what the children feel, right? This is what you're up against here. The thing that he felt was going to do as a parent was to like embrace that choice on his child's part, right? Um, and yeah, that's the, embrace that choice meaning hormonally. I shouldn't even phrase it as a choice, like like embrace that identity. Oh, so it's a choice. Um, but it is a choice, right? I mean, it's a choice. <laughs> if you're choosing to add hormones to a child's body, that's a choice. Uh, it's or a it's a choice blockers. on the it's it's the it's a choice on the on the part of the parent. Um, it's not a choice on the on the on the uh, on the part of the child. To wow. like, in the not, same way that being in the same way that being gay isn't a choice. Wow. Yeah. Okay, but if that's who they are, if they think that they're a girl. Why do you have to give them hormones to me? It's so the child has no choice. They they must have the hormones. They absolutely must be injected with hormones before their brain and their body has fully developed. Right? They they have no choice. They absolutely must do this. <laughs> Remember, we don't care about we don't care how the children feel, but if the children feel like a girl, then we care. But if the children feel something else 10 years from now, we don't care. We don't care about that. Inject them up and send them out into the world and then they're on their own to be trained by the wolves. Make them more of a girl. Uh, because, I'm sorry, can you expand on the question? It's a simple question. <laughs> if you say that the child thinks it's a girl, so you're going to give the child hormones. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If the child thinks it's a girl, let it be a girl. Like you don't have, why are you adding hormones? Yes. If you're shooting hormones exactly. into a child and you're yeah. affecting the child's development, you're saying that's not a choice. That's nonsense. Of course it's a choice. You're choosing to chemically change this child's body. You're choosing to inject yeah. things into this child's body on a regular basis that are going to radically affect the physical development of their body. Yeah. And you're saying yeah. that this yeah. isn't a choice. Yeah. It's definitely a choice Fuck to yeah. do that. So so what trans people express, um, and again, I'm not an expert. This is from me talking to my trans friends and, and you know, uh, seeing... Uh, okay. I'm not an expert. They see these people always act like the experts. They act like the experts. I'm doing the right thing. You know, I spoke to a couple of trans people in a fucking cafe once. Therefore, I know everything there is to fucking know about children and their feelings and hormone replacement therapy and why it's a good thing. Because speaking to a couple of trans people, they say it's a good thing. And I'm not allowed to have a view of my own because that would be bigoted and wrong and oppressive and evil in today's society. And that's what I genuinely believe. And, you know, sometimes these studies come out and damn, dog, dag, nabbit, we just don't care. Hello. One more time. They've done a number of these studies on transgender children. And in those studies, um, they say that a lot of the time, the majority of the time, gender identity of what children feel in um, pre-puberty or during puberty might not be what they feel <laughs> in 10, 20 years' time. Well, we don't really care about that here at school. Here we don't care about that here at school. 
the tra- the literally the cha- the transgender school designed for transgender children in order to teach them how to be transgender people in the world and teach them about transgenderism because they are transgender students. The school, a place of education, apparently. It was all invented to educate the students about transgender issues. There are studies out there that say the kids may not feel transgender when they get a little bit older. We don't give a fuck. (laughs) We couldn't care less what the studies say. That's not our job. Our job is to teach the students about being a trans student. We don't care if 10 years from now they don't feel like a trans student. Too bad, buddy boy. Off with his penis. Let's go right now. We don't care about that. Pump them full of hormones, cut off their genitals and send them out into the world. Yep, stamp it. Another successful graduation here at the school for gifted trans kids. But, but the studies, the studies, shut up. Chase that person into the cornfield. This heathen swine, this unbeliever. Away with you. Remove you. Remove this person from my kingdom. How dare you bring in your pesky facts and studies. We don't care about that here. (laughs) This is what you're up against. This is what you're up against. It's amazing. Like, sometimes you just have to sit back and and say to yourself, you know how people like to say the West is so intolerant? We're We're so intolerant. We hate everybody. We hate all the people. We hate the children. We're so intolerant. The, the existence of this stuff disproves the, the West is intolerant line because only the most tolerant society on earth, in my opinion, could allow these people to do these things to children and allow them to call everybody evil and homophobic and bigoted if they stand in the way at all on behalf of the children. Hey, if you can't abort them, let's fuck them up for life. Let's do that. Let's inject them with hormones instead. By the way, it's all about control. It's all about freedom. They don't have a choice. All right. Last major topic here. This came from uh, the General Eaton. He posted this on the Discord, ladies and gentlemen. China leading the way with facial recognition eyewear for police. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> this is. I think this is like the first stage in RoboCop. <clears throat> transhumanism (laughs) police in china have introduced mobile facial recognition units that can be mounted right on the officer's glasses with the high tech spy specs china already a leader in deploying spying technologies based on artificial intelligence could expand surveillance to allow police to look into places fixed cameras aren't scanning according to the wall street journal which first reported the development The devices were hailed in state media ahead of the Lunar New Year travel this week, getting the first time used by police in train stations and airports, the journal reported. Isn't it? But isn't it? Isn't it fantastic that China, the, you know, China is the future, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you've been aware of this. Um, The American economy should tank itself so China can rule the communistic, totalitarian, militaristic, expansionist regime with half a billion people living without running water in the north and people being watched by by facial recognition glasses in the south in the major cities uh, don't you ever post anything un- you know unfavorable towards the chinese government on your social media account 
not only will you be denied access to any kind of government payments, you will be denied travel, you probably will lose your job, and if you're walking on the street, now it's going to be really easy for the police to pick you up. Is Bravo. Yes. Yes. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. So the BBC, we're, we're sticking with the BBC tonight. The BBC is doing a little story on facial recognition software. Let's check it out. I haven't watched this yet. This face opens doors, you know. Well, actually it doesn't, but it does unlock my phone. And if you do the same with your phone, then you will know that facial recognition is already pretty good. I mean, it's... So <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> People who have been watching this broadcast for a while and listening to the podcast for the last couple of years will know that we've been over this topic ad nauseum, like multiple times. And, you know, I was, I was only having a conversation recently with somebody and I was talking about facial recognition software um, now being deployed in the hiring. So they, they say uh, there is in, people have internal biases, right, when people are interviewing people for jobs. So the way to get around this is to have a computer conduct the interview. And you might say that's ridiculous. But what it does, the computer asks you questions. You stare into a webcam. It maps your face. And of course, the problem with this is um, in real life, in reality, sometimes the less qualified person is the right person for the job, right? And I know this because somebody in my family is already working in an industry where they are already doing these interviews as of a year ago. So it's already being rolled out, especially in white collar sectors, okay? So sometimes the best person for the job isn't necessarily the most qualified. You might have a certain something or there's some kind of spark between you and the person interviewing you and they sense something in you. This essentially destroys all of that. And it's, it's a very dehumanizing process to sit in front of a computer. I mean, have how annoyed do you get when you call up um, some kind of service, some kind of company and you get that robotic your call is very important to us. If you have a complaint, please press one. And you're like, can't I just speak to a human fucking being here? And you have to go through layers and layers and layers of automated answers on the phone. Imagine that everywhere for everything. At your job interview, when you buy tickets, when you do your shopping, when you put fuel in your car, everywhere. And so I was having this conversation with someone and they said, well, that sounds a little unrealistic. And I said, well, look at the camera phones. We've, we've had um, cameras staring back at our faces for the last 10 years. And he's like, so what? And I said, well, do, do you think that they put the camera in the phone for your convenience? Like staring back at you? Like, do you think it's all about selfies on Instagram? Where do you think these ideas start? How do you think that these ideas get rolled out? You're being normalized. To instead of, you know, announcing who you are or signing a document, standing there and getting your face scanned and having all of your online, because all of your identity now exists in the internet anyway, for the most part, and it's only going to get worse. There, there is a digital representation of your yourself as a human being online, the websites you view, the things you buy where you work, where you live, your banking habits, your gambling habits, everything, everything. 
and they collate all of this data and they can tell pretty accurately what kind of person you are, what you think, what you feel, what you believe in, what you read, where you get your information from, what you do for a living, your socioeconomic standing in society, all of these things. And this is the final stage of that is just putting a face to the name. Putting a face to the digital representation of yourself. This is the thing. People say, oh, they're private companies, they're private companies. And I understand that. But when we're talking about most of our identity and most of our life being stored somewhere online, when you start deplatforming people, you are essentially uh, unpersoning them. You are removing the digital representation of themselves. And the real harsh reality is you don't own yourself online. You, you do not have uh, sovereign status over your own personality and identity online. You are literally owned by corporations. You are owned by Facebook. You are owned by Twitter. Anything that you put out there on these social media apps, any information that is stored about you, your data, what you look at, what you buy, you don't own that information. You don't have a right to it. The corporations own it. They own you. So it's interesting to think about that if modern life is trending toward a situation where we exist in some kind of as, as some kind of entity online just as much as we exist here in the real world living and breathing then you don't actually own yourself you are owned by some billionaire corporation a multinational corporation because you don't have the legal right to your own information anymore and it can be removed it can be sold on you can be taken off you can be essentially wiped from existence now. And you don't even have a right to stop it. So, you know, the, the cameras in the phones, the facial recognition software to unlock your phone. Oh, it's so convenient. This is so much better than having to tap two or three buttons. That, that, was, that was taking so much time out of my day. Thank God the good people of these corporations, which now own the digital representation of myself online and can do whatever they want with it, including selling it to other corporations or just eliminating me from an online existence. Thank God they now have the ability to scan my face whenever I look at my device, because that's really what I need. Because, you know, this business of pressing two or three buttons in order to unlock my phone, that's got to stop. What a time burner. Certainly not perfect, but it's not hard to imagine a world where your face is the key to everything. Facial recognition technology is primarily being driven towards security and surveillance. Uh, Even pop star Taylor Swift secretly deployed the technology to root out... It's all about security, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, keeping people safe. We just want to protect you. We need access to your digital representation and a face to go along with that data in order to keep you safe. Yes, we're protecting you. We're protecting you, ladies and gentlemen. The protection meme. Stalkers at a recent concert. In China, authorities use it to name and shame citizens. Even for minor offenses like jaywalking, faces are broadcast on billboards. Wow. In Beijing, the technology is even used to stop people from stealing rolls of paper from public <laughs> toilets. <laughs> and it's recently... Isn't this a future that we want? You take a shit in a public restroom, you have to scan your face. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Mr. Bumper. You have already used your allocated amount of toilet paper for this week. 
please remove your shirt and wipe your ass with that instead. And then we'll name you and shame you for public shaming. Then we'll publicly shame you for walking around without a shirt on. How about that? How do you like that? Maybe use a sock. Use a sock. If you are at the end of your allotted amount of toilet paper, ladies and gentlemen, take off one of your socks, not your shirt. They might not even notice that. It's been revealed that the Chinese authorities are using the biometric technology to keep track of the movements of individuals from the persecuted Uyghur Muslim minority. It's a worrying example of how facial recognition can be abused to profile and track a minority group. To detect, track and analyze people and objects in video. The big tech players are also divided. Amazon has drawn criticism for selling its recognition software to law enforcement agencies oh, in the US. Goody. With AI researchers from companies including Microsoft, yes. Google and Facebook signing... <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? The circle of life. The circle of life. These are just private companies. They're just private companies. Hey, let the market decide, right? <clears throat> Amazon, um, fueled by hundreds of millions of dollars from the CIA, develops facial recognition software, which they then very innocently pass back to the authorities. There you go. By the way, thanks for that investment. What was it, $350 million? Thank you for the $350 million check. Oh, incidentally, we have just developed a new kind of facial recognition software, which is going to revolutionize surveillance as we know it. Would you be interested in that? Yes. Funnily enough, that sounds like a tremendous idea. Thank you, Amazon. Bravo. Just a private company in an open letter calling on it to stop, saying Amazon's algorithms have higher error rates for darker-skinned and female faces. <laughs> yeah, the, in, case you, in case it couldn't get any worse, the AI is racist and hates women too. Damn it. Damn it. We just can't win. That's all right. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, in the future, the men will be women anyway, so there's nothing to fear there. Um, perhaps we could just... Uh, you know, reassign all the genders of the young women in order to make them males while at this school. We're, we don't care what happens in 15, 20 years from now. That's none of our business. Microsoft has recently rejected a California law enforcement agency's request to install facial recognition in officers' cars and body cameras due to human rights concerns. Wow. And there's work that we've turned down. There are deals that we've turned down in some parts of the world where governments have wanted to license our technology. And we just were not comfortable that it would be deployed in a way that would protect people's human rights. And Google has vowed not to supply facial recognition until it can come up with an appropriate policy. <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> you know... We have vowed never to roll out facial recognition software until we work out the best way to do it that offends the least amount of people. <laughs> we here at Google, we vow never to roll out the kind of surveillance tyranny that, you know, libertarians tell their children late at night in order to give them nightmares until we figure out a way to do it nicely and calmly for your protection. That's the only way we're going to do it. That's the only re that's the only way we're going to roll out this software. <laughs> and we're lining up. We're lining up for it. We can't get enough. We can't get enough of it. 
However, in the UK, police are pushing ahead with live facial recognition, deploying specially equipped vans to events such as London's annual Notting Hill Carnival wow. and major football games. I'm completely comfortable that the activity we are doing in the trials is lawful and right. appropriate. But this has become a highly controversial issue, with civil liberties groups claiming that the technology is inaccurate, intrusive and infringes on an individual's right to privacy. For the last year, Jeff White has been following the UK police's deployment of facial recognition. The front line in facial recognition. There's nothing dystopian about black vans from the government rolling around your streets, taking photos of everybody's face and running it through a government database. There's nothing to worry about. What the hell are you worried about? Don't you want to be protected from bad guys, people? Right? Here, upload your selfie to Instagram. Upload your selfie. Upload your face to this government account. It'll make it easier for you to get your driver's license, right? Hey, we're here in the UK, we've got a tremendous idea. We're going to make it possible for people to upload their own picture onto the government database, and then that way we can send out your driver's license right to your door. You know, it's wonderful what we can do in this age of convenience, Bob. It's a tremendous idea. What could go wrong? Exactly, Ludwig. What could possibly go wrong? Now we have black vans rolling around. Total policing, says on the side of it. Total policing. Unless, of course, unless, of course, you want to drive a knife into the liver of somebody who's innocently walking home late at night. We can't stop that. We can't stop people throwing acid in the faces of other Londoners. That's too, that's a bridge too far. But what we can do is take facial, is take facial snapshots of everybody walking into a football game and run it through a government database to look for troublemakers. But if you want to walk around on the streets and, you know, stab people in the guts or throw acid in their face, wow, this is... <laughs> I mean, we're, we're only human. What the hell can we do? We can't, we can't be everywhere all the time. <laughs> Police cameras in an East London street. Everyone gets scanned. If you refuse, here's what can happen. This man didn't want to be caught by the police cameras, so he covered his face. Police stopped him. They photographed him anyway. An argument followed. Wow. This man didn't see even even the manipulation of how that's presented. You can break this shit down sentence by sentence if you're so inclined. This man didn't want to be caught by the police cameras. Inserting the word caught there infers in the audience that he's already guilty of something, right? Innocent people don't get caught, right? So they say he didn't want to be caught by the camera, which then, you know, implies on the audience, it leaves an impression that, hey, he's trying to avoid something. He's trying to get away with something. Fuck this guy. I mean, if you haven't done anything wrong, what do you got to worry about? I can't remember who did it. Somebody did a fantastic video. This bullshit reasoning where people say, hey, if you haven't done anything wrong, then what are you worried about? Right? So somebody went up to people in the street and said, would you support this law where, you know, it's something to do with like the Patriot Act. You know, a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, intrusive government surveillance and stuff. And they were like, yeah, we've got to catch the bad guys, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, you know, and a lot of them were saying, if you haven't done anything wrong, what are you worried about? And so then the person says, okay, great. Um, can I look at your Google history on your phone? And they go, oh, I don't think so. And he's like, why not? And he said, well, that's private. That's none of your business. And he's like, well, if you haven't done anything wrong, what are you worried about? And they're like, well, no, that applies to terrorists. That doesn't apply to you. Like, I'm fine with the government spending millions of dollars to surveil people and trawl through their individual data online. That's not a problem because if you haven't done anything wrong, what are you worried about? But I'm not showing you my search history. What's your suspicion? Yes, the, the fact that he walked past clearly my I would do the same. I would do the same. Just grounds to stop. No, it doesn't. The police said this was disorderly behaviour, so they gave him a fine. <laughs> Fucking hell! No! Disorderly behaviour. Listen here, listen here, you fucking geezer. Just walk past the van, look at a camera, smile, get your picture taken and be on your fucking way, son. If you try to cover your face, I'm going to book you for disorderly behaviour. You got that, mate? You fucking know what I mean? So next time, when you're walking down the street, don't fucking pretend like you got some kind of privacy here, fella. We're going to take your picture and we're going to send it to the government and then we're going to fine you. Because you're being fucking disorderly right now. How dare you? You're wasting my fucking time, mate. <laughs> disorderly behaviour. For covering his own face in the street. If you're getting hauled out of a courtroom... Remember remember, Tommy Robinson got fucking thrown in prison for taking somebody's photo out the front of a courtroom. Do you remember that? Haul his ass in... People have a right to privacy, you know? Average man didn't do anything wrong walking down the street, disorderly behaviour for not getting his picture taken. Exactly. Word smiter. Thank you. Exactly. Can I see your papers? What are you doing here? You don't have a right to be here. We better take your photo in case you're thinking about potentially doing something wrong at some point. And you know what? Now he's got a record anyway because he's got an infraction for disorderly behaviour. So now he's on record. They've taken his picture. They've handed him a fine. They've got his personal details. And he's now in the books as a fucking troublemaker. He's a troublemaker. Keep an eye out on him. So the next time he does walk down the street, this camera on this unmarked black van that's working for the government, for the police, is going to take his photo and it's going to come up. Ding! Here's Joe Smith. He was previously fined for disorderly behaviour because he didn't want to get his picture taken. Keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on that guy. There's something fu there's something fishy about that guy. There's something fishy about that lad. I tell you what, you know what I mean? Who, who, walks, down, who walks down the street here in London and doesn't get their fucking photo taken? Unreal. The chap told me down the road... He said he got facial <laughs> It's a bit late now, mate. So I walked past like that. It's a cold day as well. Because I've done that, the police officers asked me to come to him. So I've got me back up. I said to him, f off, basically. Fuck off. <laughs> I said, I don't want my face shown on, on, on anything. That's a proper Londoner right there. I said, I don't want my face shown on anything. <laughs> if I'm going to cover my face, I'll cover my face. It's not for them to tell me not to cover my face. I've got a now £90 fine. There you go. Wow. Look at that. Thanks, lad. 
I love this guy. Thanks, lads. Thanks, you fucking idiots. Thanks for that. 90 pound. Well done. Well done. Good police work. Thanks for that, Bobby. <laughs> 90 pound. 90 pound fine. Thanks, lads. Good on you. He's got to be a Chelsea fan. He sounds like it, doesn't he? He was caught up in the last of 10 trials carried out by the Metropolitan Police. Unbelievable. The Met have had successes. There were three arrests from facial recognition on this test day alone. But the trial... Oh, you... It was a, it was a success. We, we, we rolled out these fucking vans all over the city. We took everybody's photo against their will, right? We find people if they refuse to have their photo taken. But good news, guys, we arrested three people. Yay! Keeping We're keeping the fucking community safe. Didn't you see? It was a fucking success, mate. We're keeping, we're getting the criminals off the streets. We got three, not one, not two, but three crooks that otherwise would have been walking around right now, minding their own business, causing a fucking mischief, mate. It was, a, it was a completely successful operation. We're very proud of the work we've done here. We've spent millions of pounds. We've handed out fines to innocent people because they don't like getting their picture taken. And we've wrapped up three nasty individuals and put them in a the clink. How, how can you have any problem with that? It's enough to make you sick. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, all of these links will be in the show notes on the Podbean website, boogiebumper.podbean.com. Uh... Grab these videos, share them out, show your friends and family, because this is fucking horrific stuff, That they, what these people are doing. Horrific. This is a funny one, though. This was also sent through by a general. By the way, round of applause for the general in the chat for sending this through on the Discord. If you also want to get involved on the Discord, um, I tweeted out a link earlier today. Join up. People are sharing articles like this. Thanks so much, general. Thanks for pointing this out. You're a legend. You're a bloody legend, mate. Thanks, lads. 90 pound fine. Would you like to the ability to control when your image is not captured by facial recognition software? One. Okay, these are the ways to avoid facial recognition. Oh, God, I hate I hate the heavy scroll websites. Camera finders. Cameras can sometimes be detected and avoided if you see them before they see you. Doesn't matter. You'll get fined if you don't get your picture taken. <laughs> or if you know where they are ahead of time. They can be neutralized with something as simple as a disguise, a tilt of the head, or placement of an opaque object between you and the camera you wish to avoid. There's going to be an epidemic, ladies and gentlemen, of people walking around with big broadsheet newspapers in front of their face in the future. This is the future I see. The newspapers might actually start selling fucking again. You know, people are saying the newspaper business is going downhill. Wait until all of the intrusive cameras are rolled out on every street corner. All of a sudden, people will want to read the Herald again. It's, oh, I love, fucking love the Herald. I can't put it down. It's the best fucking paper on earth, mate. I'm just reading the funnies. I'm, I'm reading the footer reports. <laughs> the, the other thing, that too, that might happen here, people might start um, deploying, I'm not encouraging this kind of behavior, of course, but what happens when the technology gets to a point where people will be able to have like little pocket um, EMPs, for example? Do you consider that? <laughs> Take out a whole city block in one hit. <laughs> They're basically encouraging people to do this. That'll be the new. That'll be the new weapon of mass destruction in the future. It won't be something that you know. It won't be a claymore mine that fills people with shrapnel. 
it won't be um, plastic strapped to somebody's chest. It'll be an EMP deployed to knock out all of the cameras and all of the electronic software in a, in a vicinity. That'll be the new weapon of mass destruction, the way we're going. Clothing and accessories with uh, NIR LEDs. These products use bright NIR LEDs to overload the light sensors on digital cameras, resulting in unusable images. See, they're already trying to figure out ways around this stuff. Retro-reflective clothing and accessories. Yeah, nobody's going to walk down the street in a pair of those glasses. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard of the tinfoil hat. May I introduce to you the tinfoil hoodie. Are you a concerned libertarian with a strict, keen eye for fashion? Well, if you'll observe the lovely Sarah and the lovely Marcus walking down the catwalk right now, no longer do you have to be a tinfoil hat-wearing freak in order to express your love of liberty. This stylish two-piece fit for male or female wearers, a tinfoil hoodie for the ages. It keeps you dry and it keeps you free. $49.99 on Amazon. Just log on with your facial recognition password and we can ship this thing out to you lickety-split. General said number four is particularly fun. The URME prosthetic mask. This high-quality prosthetic mask of the face of privacy activist Leo Selvaggio is not your typical Halloween mask. The name is pronounced URME, and I believe the mask started on Indiegogo and may still be available on that'smyface.com. The mask fools Facebook's facial recognition software and are sold at cost because Salvaggio believes that everyone has a right to privacy. <laughs> we are living in a fucking movie. We're living in a Hollywood movie. This is, you know, Mission Impossible stuff. I'm, I'm going to get myself a face of uh, Donald Trump. Move. I'm going to get myself a face because, you know, in the UK, you now have to register to view online porn. Did you realize that? You have to register your name and, uh, you know, details with the government in order to view porn online. I'm going to get myself a Donald Trump mask, head over to the UK and start watching Stormy Daniels videos. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? I don't see any any problem with this kind of stuff at all. This is perfectly fine. This is perfectly normal. Unbelievable. Thanks so much, General. All right, a couple of quick stories here to finish this off. It's been a long one. We've gone over time. Inventor dreams up human-sized car wash to make showering easier. A genius inventor has come up with a technological solution for those times when you wake up and you know you need a shower, but you haven't quite got the energy to pick up the soap. First world problems. To be fair, inventor Matty, Matty Paseo Paso, devised his revolutionary human wash for the elderly and infirm, but you just know it's going to be taken up by bleary, with bleary enthusiasm by the morbidly hungover. Absolutely it will. Let's have a look. The human car wash. Ha, 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 ha. 
offset ball sack fella. Can we get a real sad story for the last thing Boogie says, Ocean Nathan? <laughs> it's pretty good, isn't it? Yep, want one, says General. <laughs> Everyone wants one. <laughs> How lazy can you be? <laughs> That's the thing. I can see it being used for, like, the infirm and people who can't move around and stuff. But you know what? Those little scooters that they have at the shopping mall, they were also designed for people who have trouble walking around. But now you just see them being used by fat people who can't be asked. you know, who just can't be bothered walking around. So they get on the little scooter. I'm disabled. No, you're not. You're fucking lazy. <laughs> so, of course. It's going to be used as... <laughs> Sinsake says, I'm not letting that thing anywhere near my junk. <laughs> It's sensational. It's sensational. And as we move uh, ever further into a reality, ladies and gentlemen, where we are becoming increasingly lazy and increasingly obese, then items like this, this guy's going to be a fucking billionaire. Imagine the irony, though, when you have to use your face facial recognition camera software to unlock the ability to wash your own balls in your own shower. That's coming. That's coming. Last one here. Bike handles stuck since we've been talking about abortions and, you know, abortions going wrong and people being in control of their own bodies. I have a wonderful progressive tolerance story for you to end tonight's proceedings of a woman being in control of her own body for a grand total of two years. Bike handles stuck in woman for two years after husband shoved it in vagina. There's the x-ray right there. <laughs> A woman in India is recovering from surgery after doctors shockingly removed a motorbike handle from her uterus. The woman, 30, was admitted to MY Hospital in Indore, Madhya Pradesh, in central India, two days ago with severe stomach pains. Yeah, that'll do it. Doctors did an x-ray before spotting a large object. A CT scan confirmed a motorbike handle in her uterus, small intestine, and bladder. Doctors took the mother of six straight into surgery on Tuesday morning. Mother of six. Did the husband go, that's enough of this. That's enough. Maybe this will stop it. <laughs> what was that? Ah, nothing. Nothing. Wow. Oh. Oh. Imagine walking around with that inside you for two years. A team of 19 doctors conducted the four-hour-long surgery and were forced to remove the, the woman's uterus. Uh, Associate Professor Dr. Sonia Moses from MY Hospital said she told us that the handle had been inserted inside her vagina by her husband when he was intoxicated with alcohol. He had warned her not to tell anyone or he would hurt her. That's fucking terrible. Here's your sad story, Nathan. <laughs> The object had been inside her for almost two years and it had become severely infected with her organs perforated and eroded. She was left in excruciating pain. Her uterus had been completely eroded, which is why we had to remove it, but we managed to repair her bladder using a stent through her urinary pipe. She will not be able to have any more children. Wow. There you go. Well, all cultures are equal. Obviously. And whilst we wrestle constantly with the idea that it should be fine 
to abort children right up until they pop their heads out of the uh, out of the vagina while we wrestle with the idea that we should pump our children full of gender hormone hormone replacement and remove their genitals at all costs we are simultaneously told that we are intolerant and bigoted and phobic of anybody else who is different to us in this long march toward progress and then you read stories like that and all of a sudden your problems don't seem as bad anymore <laughs> thanks everyone for joining us thanks for sharing the show out if you'd like to become a supporter of the show please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you would like to insert a bike head no that wouldn't be right if you would like to abort, no. If you would like to give me gender, no. If you'd like to take a picture of my face for the government, no. No. Tell you what, just follow me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. How's that? <laughs> Thanks for sticking around for the overtime episode. I'll be back Monday night. Don't forget, follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS. Chris Mack at ChrisMC44. I think he's on right now. I'll be back Sunday night with James, trust and verify at TAV show. And aside from that, Monday, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you then. Have a lovely weekend. Have a great night. Stay calm. Stay rational. God bless. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone. See you later. Thanks, Piper. Thank you, Iron Johns. Thank you, Follow Gear. Thank you, Sitting Ducks. UK Neil. I don't know. UK Neil might be going live after the show. I think this is about the time that Neil goes on. So give Neil a follow. Good follow. Good conversation. Thanks, Tracy. See you next time, Nick. Thank you, Lady Fritza, Kimmy Jong-un. Thank you, Monica. Thanks, General. Thanks, everyone else. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.